Welcome to Basic Cable. I'm your host, Carly. I can't look at you. You got a peppercorn in your tooth. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Again, this is not something the podcast listeners needed to know about. Welcome to... (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Basic Cable. I'm your host, Carly. And I'm Lucas. That's it. That's all you get. Is there anything else wrong with my face before we start? Oh, I mean, a lot, but we don't have enough time in the pod to get through that. That was unnecessarily mean. (laughs) So this week on Basic Cable, we are changing it up a little bit. Still keeping generally the same format, but we're going to start with something that we call News You Can't Use. Oh, I thought the big change was going to be I get a new co-host. No? What is wrong with you today? (laughs) It's just feisty. Being mean is my thing. You're right. (laughs) I'm off brain right now. We have switched spots. No, we're in the same positions. Same seats. Okay, so News You Can't Use. This is just a little quick snapshot of... TV happenings this week. The biggest news in TV, reality TV this week, is the announcement of a new Bachelor. Colt McCoy. No. Colton Underwood. (laughs) He was the... Came in fourth on Becca's season. Former football player, but like always on the bench. Was he the virgin guy? Yes. Is he still a virgin? Yes. Okay. He dated Allie Raisman. He dated Tia before he went on The Bachelorette, so he's 26. He's basically just like a Sean Lowe repeat. I don't know. I have until January to decide, but I'm pretty much out on this pick. And it's not him specifically. It's sort of the franchise in general. There have been so many crappy guys on The Bachelorette the last two seasons. The last few leads have been really bad, like Ari and Nick, and it's just becoming... A little too much. You out? Uh, as of now, I'm out. All right. What's I'm, gonna What's it gonna take to bring you back in? I don't know. I'm just. I don't know if I'm just so cynical about it now. I mean, I know I never did watch for a genuine love story. That's never what I cared about on this show. No. But genuine love. I mean, everyone who goes on there, even people who get eliminated the first night are now Instagram influencers going on Bachelor in Paradise, getting paid tens of thousands to make these appearances, and it's just taken away from the kind of joy of the show. I consider myself an Instagram influencer. Got about 110 followers, maybe. Influential. Thought leader. That's what they call me. They call me an Instagram thought leader. Oh my god. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> um, in other news, Younger, my summer jam show, is moving to the Paramount Network. Now, if you don't know what the Paramount Network is, it used to be called Spike TV. It's the channel your dad watches Yellowstone on. Yeah. And I don't get Paramount Network. We don't get Paramount Network. Like, we don't get it, meaning like we don't understand it? No, we don't get the channel. Oh, I also don't understand it. <laughs> like, what the hell is it? I don't know, but 
I'm concerned about this move. I don't love it. I don't know how I'm going to watch the show next summer. You'll watch it. The other thing I'm concerned about is that I found out today this leaves teachers as the only original programming TV show on TV land. I mean, if this move puts teachers in jeopardy, then I start getting That's what I'm worried about. about. I'm afraid that TV Land is... I couldn't care less about younger, but teachers... I think TV Land is moving its valuable properties to Paramount. What's the, like, corporate umbrella that we're... Like, what's the... TV Land's parent company is Viacom, like everything. Paramount Networks is also under Viacom, so they're under the same umbrella. So I'm worried that if they're moving shows like Younger to Paramount, it means they're going to let shows like Teachers end and bring in a whole new slate of programming. Maybe. I mean, is the do you think the business decision is that they're trying to sort of boost Paramount Network given the success of some of the shows that have been on there? Of the success late? of one show, Yellowstone. Yeah, I mean, but it's kind of like how FX tried to boost FXX by putting It's Always Sunny on there and a couple other shows. The league. Yeah, I don't love the move. I don't know enough about it, but it's a bummer that we don't get it. I mean, if they're moving their original programming properties to that network, and but that network is not available on your traditional basic cable, hashtag branding, uh, <laughs> platforms, then that seems like a self-defeating... Per- or maybe do we just have like the shittiest basic cable? I mean, we do, but... Well, I mean, we used to not get FXX. Yeah. So we do have that now, so we must have some better tier of cable. But I think... Xfinity, stop taking channels away from us. I know. We don't get CMT. We don't get Viceland anymore. Yeah. Stop taking away our channels, please. And sponsor us. I don't want Xfinity to be... Well... If we didn't have to pay monthly for Xfinity, yeah, I would let them sponsor us. Fine. (laughs) We did... Give them credit for having a great remote, I think, on one of the earlier episodes. Yeah. So we've been somewhat positive about it. So this is this is a move that obviously won't affect me for another year, because Younger won't come back until the summer, but mm, it's not great. All right. This, I, I hope with this move it means episodes will be more readily available on Hulu. And perhaps a much bigger audience, and therefore... More longevity for the show. No, I don't think... I think moving it to Paramount actually puts it in jeopardy. And the last kind of news you can't use, Ben Savage is going to be guest starring on Speechless, which is part of ABC's new TGIF lineup. They're really going all in on this, which gives me hope for shows like Fresh Off the Boat, which have been moved to Fridays, if they're really investing in the TGIF programming. If not, and they're just letting all these comedies die, I'm going to be really mad. Well, I thought we both came to sort of the consensus that one more season of Fresh Off the Boat was plenty. Like, we don't necessarily need a ton more seasons of that show. No, but I'll be disappointed if they move it to Fridays, the ratings drop, and then they cancel it. What are some of the other... I'm sorry. I I promise not to ask any other questions. Speechless and Fresh Off the Boat are the only shows on TGIF. So that was... Do, 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 news you can't use. I don't understand the branding that you've come up with for this bit. <laughs> it's bizarre. That was like a, a breaking news alert. Oh, no, I know, but... <laughs> Alright. I like it. Like, it's news, but, like, you can't use it because it's, like, just 
pointless. I get it. I don't like it. I get it. (laughs) Okay. um, Moving on to our recaps. We can't talk about Jersey Shore yet because we missed Jersey to watch an epically boring NFL game. The last six minutes were interesting. The last 30 seconds were interesting. All right, fine. (laughs) And it made me miss Jersey Shore. Could watch it right now. New. No. All right. But Florbama Shore, we did watch another heavy kind of downer episode all about whether or not Courtney was pregnant. You mentioned you might be out on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. I might be out on Florbama Shore pretty soon here. I'm pretty sure there's only like three episodes left. Right. And one of them, they go to New Orleans. And I'm always hopeful about a traveling episode. We're going to watch them not be able to eat crawfish again. Go to another city where they fail to properly eat crawfish. And I get enraged and start screaming at the television. That sounds like a you problem. But why Why are you maybe out on Floribama? It's not funny anymore. And what the cast members seem to think is funny is one of the worst bits that you can possibly ever do. Yeah, I think we might have cut this out of an earlier episode. But pregnancy bits, not Generally funny. This week, I'm gonna Courtney... Make, I'm going to say never funny. This week, Courtney went to go get a blood test to see if she was pregnant. And she came back and told the whole house she was. And let it linger there for about four minutes where they gave her hugs. They told her she'd be a great mom. They told her they'd be there for her. And then Nilsa starts to giggle. And Courtney's like, no, I'm just kidding. And separately, on Very Cavalry, a few episodes back Taylor thought she might be pregnant so Shannon brought over a test as a joke thinking it'd be negative and it ended up being positive so it's not funny to joke around about pregnancy no it isn't just hard full stop on that one but that was pretty much the whole episode and Logan showing up at the bar all Hopefully that's the end of this, though. Creepy boyfriends and bad shtick that involves potential offspring. I'm not into that. I can't really remember anything else that happened in the episode. Me either. Um, 90 Day Fiance. The Fiance. The Fiance. Uh, what did you think about this week's episode? A couple big developments. The biggest development being that Ricky realizing oh, yeah. Melissa is... Just not going to text him back. He texts another girl that he had also been talking to on the like Meet Colombian Cuties app or whatever. <laughs> and, That's not what it's called. It should be. Yes. And her name's Jimena. She lives in a rural part of, of Colombia. Jimena with an X, which is a kick-ass name. She's really pretty. Yeah. Um, seems really into Ricky. And I think he's just totally fucked up here because he has not told her why he's really in Columbia, which was to see Melissa. It appears that he is gearing up for that, though. Like, he seems to understand that he has to tell her about it. And it appears on next episode we'll find out about that. But It just shows, like, everything wrong with men, that he was down there to see this blonde, fake boobs, too much makeup, braces-having chick over the very naturally beautiful, nice girl, Jimena. 
Let's not get crazy because I think there might be something about Jimena that we don't quite know about yet. I don't know. I'm team Jimena. I am too. No, it sounds like you're team Melissa. Oh, absolutely not. I hate Melissa. She... We don't know Melissa. Well, I know, but what, what what did I say that she looked like? A Chinese sex robot? Which she does. She looks like one of those robots that you see in, you know, like tech magazines. She doesn't look like a real human being. At least Jimena looks like an actual human. So I'm team humans. <laughs> team Jimena. Um... In Middletown, Connecticut, Darcy and Jesse can't even go through a doorway without fighting with each other. Yeah, it's really sad. It's really bad. They got into a blow-up in front of her two kids. That was really rough. He was really, really rude to her in front of her kids. And they seemed a little unfazed by it, which makes me worried for how they're being raised. Uh, Yeah. It it makes me worried to to wonder what they've already seen their mom go through. Because... In a lot of ways, Darcy has her own business. She has her daughters. She seems to have it together in a lot of areas in her life. And that's something to be proud of. But she's really letting Jesse, this 24-year-old punk from Amsterdam, just treat her like shit. Yeah, Jesse is... I mean, he's funny, but like... Only to a point. When you start yelling at a woman in front of her, what, like 11 and 12-year-old kids... It stops being funny. And what's really sad is that Darcy isn't upset that he's treating her like crap. She's upset that he's not acting like a good soon-to-be stepfather. (laughs) When he has said several times, it is illusion to think he will be fodder to those girls. Weird conversation in the grocery store. Like he went, like he sort of drifted towards like the baby product aisle or something like that and Darcy made some suggestion that he had mentioned wanting to have kids with her in the past I can't imagine he ever said that right I don't know if he said he wanted to have kids with her I think he's expressed interest in having his own babies and he had his own very kind of not great sentiment which was I like Darcy's kids but they'll never be mine and then I think they alluded to something that that Darcy could not have kids anymore right or she's She's 42. She theoretically could. At this stage, if they can't get through one day without fighting, would it be wise to have a baby? Uh, No, I think they should break up immediately. I'm sure they're already broken up. I mean, do you think anyone right now on this season will actually be engaged by the end of it? Paul and Creenie don't count because they're getting married. And Darcy and... I guess Darcy and Jesse count. I was going to say... Michael and what's her Angela? Uh, Michael and Angela. You really think she's going to propose no, to him? No, I because she's been expressing doubts. So but I know I don't think I don't think they will. Which is I think goes to the problem with this show that it's had in recent years, and that it's less interested in couples that actually want to go through the K one visa process, and more interested in just casting wacky people. Well, that goes to something I wanted to bring up with how 90 Day Fiance has changed. When you and I started watching it, it was a really simple show. It followed four couples who each had 90 days to marry their partner. The first season was all men bringing over women. And it really kind of naturally explored the 
cultural challenges of coming to America, living with someone that you've maybe met once before, and everything that came with that. And it was compelling television, even if they weren't crazy characters. Alan and Kirillium are not your standard reality TV couple, but they were nice to watch. And the the initial cast was interesting, too, because a lot of them were not these sort of meet on these weird apps where you want to, like, you know, bring somebody over to America or if somebody from some other country wants to come Lewis to America. Lewis and Aya definitely were. But they, but you mentioned Alan and Kirlium and then Russ and Pow. Both of those were instances where they had met where both of those guys were working in South America and just happened to meet these women and fell in love and wanted to bring them home. It seems that almost every example of the past couple of seasons has been this situation where the couple's either hadn't met at all or had only met briefly. But my issue is also now that now the show is there's one storyline that producers hone in on and force it to be the thread through the entire season. Darcy and Jesse, they're always fighting. Michael and Angela, she's not adapting to the culture. John and Rachel, his criminal history passed. And we end up seeing the same scenes several times in an episode we'll see it in the coming up on we'll see it when it happens and then we'll see it at the beginning of the next segment after the commercial as a repeat of what you just saw before commercial yeah it's great why do these episodes need to be two hours long they could be 30 minute episodes our dvr recorded six hours of before the 90 days on sunday because it was five o'clock last week's episode with more clips another episode of more clips and then the actual episode yeah and and i think these couples are for the most part pretty entertaining they don't but, need this but manufactured. we don't but we don't need two hours of it it's crazy it's, especially it's, when a lot of it is repeated over and over yeah. again we're seeing the same fight happen before commercial and after commercial as if we just didn't see it i know yeah they're having a hard time as far as when there's a lot more content I would like to see. I know they're getting more content than they're showing us. Well, it's weird because they're dragging out content, but also packing the shows with more couples than we had before. So it seems like they're getting less return with more couples, which is the opposite of the equation that you want. That's it for 90 Day Fiance. Forever. No, we're always going to watch that show. Um, because, you know, these people just kind of go back into relative obscurity after they're on the show. I like that. Yeah, except Russ and Pow. Pow's had a pretty successful, uh, I don't know, modeling career. No, okay. <laughs> anyway, I will let you kind of talk about Better Call Saul in my ends now. Yeah, Better Call Saul in Lucas my... watches manly shows too, you guys. That's right. I watch shows about... Guys that wear tight jeans and even tighter leather jackets. Really manly stuff. So Mayans, uh, the Sons of Anarchy spinoff premiered this week. And Carly is scrolling through Instagram as I <laughs> talk about this riveting show. Listen, when I heard they were making a Sons of Anarchy spinoff, Sons of Anarchy I did not watch, and they said it was called Mayans... I thought we were talking about like the ancient civilization. And I was like, how does that connect to Sons of Anarchy? And then I continued to live my life because I don't care. But apparently it's not about 
the ancient civilization. No, it's about a motorcycle club, an MC, as it were, called the Mayans, who were a large I think part. I thought it was called, like, Mayans BC, which is also <laughs> why I thought it was about Takes them. place in, like, Chipotpec. Yeah. Nash Teach Chilon. Nash Tidlan. That would be a better show, actually. I would prefer whatever that idea is over what we got. So I was like, what is Katie Seagal going to do in, like... <laughs> How's she going to get makeup in prehistoric Mesopotamian... It's not Mesopotamian. Yeah, Mesopotamian Europe. Now you got me off track. (laughs) The point was, I don't care about this show. So you talk. I don't care about the show either. The show was was dog shit. (laughs) Mayans was not good. And Mayans is a pretty decent counterpoint to Better Call Saul in that... The concern about Better Call Saul was that because Breaking Bad was such a you know fantastic show, any sort of spin-off or prequel or whatever was going to be inessential. However, I think Better Call Saul has established itself as being a show that is distinct from its source material and has something to say that's interesting. No, the problem is that... Sons of Anarchy was funny and had levity and it knew that it was kind of ridiculous. Going into mines, I had forgotten how silly grown men look wearing leather vests and driving big gaudy motorcycles. It's a weird thing to say considering you're wearing one. (laughs) I'm wearing my cut right now. I'm wearing my prospect cut. No, no offense to all of our motorcycle club uh, 5% 5%er audience out there, but it is a crazy look to wear like cuffed jeans and a leather vest. <laughs> it's so silly. And the thing about Sons of Ranikari was it was so silly too, but they were sort of like, you know, kind of like superheroes. That was their their costume that they wore. As opposed to, you know, a cape and, you know, whatever superheroes wore. But, and Sons of Anarchy was objectively bad for a lot of its run. But it was really great for a lot of it, too. This just doesn't seem like it needs to exist. I don't understand why we needed to go back to this world of motorcycle gangs. Especially motorcycle gangs in, like... A big city. Like, the cool thing about Sons of Anarchy was that it took place in, like, a small town in Northern California where, like, the motorcycle gang was sort of a cultural touchstone of the town. I mean, this takes place in San Diego, L.A., I don't know, some nondescript Southern California place. And if I want, like, sweeping views of vistas of the American West, I'll watch Better Call Saul. Or I'll go outside of our apartment. I don't. I'm just not into Mayans. It might get better. the The lead guy Zeke or Easy or whatever his name is seems like a pretty decent actor, but it doesn't have any of the supporting crew that Sons of Anarchy had that made it interesting. And the only interesting parts of this episode were when portions of Sons of Anarchy leaked into it, like. Katie Seagal showing up for a scene, like 
the Sons of that Anarchy. That happened? Yeah. I was sitting there the whole time. It was about 30 seconds long. And it was the best part of the episode. It was in prison. Yeah. Zeke was, in, was, was having like a... Oh, a, I was watching something on my phone. Like you're doing now. Zeke was having a, a, a heart-to-heart with his girlfriend, his high school girlfriend or whatever, in prison. And Katie Seagal was also there to visit somebody. And then... So it was sort of like an Alfred Hitchcock type cameo, like... It wasn't, the focus wasn't on her, but no. we just saw her? yeah. Okay. And then, you know, the other most exciting part of the episode was when the Sons of Anarchy crew showed up to, like, back up the Mayans. Other than that, it, I don't care about Alvarez. Alvarez was boring during the Sons of Anarchy run. Fine, I'm done. Mayans... No, sorry, I'm just tired. <laughs> Mayans were not, uh, were not in on... Also, but, this discussion's boring. Yeah, this show's boring. So, there it is. If you if you want a, a reboot or a reimagining of a show that already exists and tries to capture a portion of life in the American West, watch Better Call Saul. That's that's my takeaway. Don't watch Minds or watch Minds and watch them both. Just appreciate Better Call Saul more. We don't tell people what to like and what not to like. Here. Yes, we do. This is my new bit. You got a new bit that you do where you talk about news that nobody cares about. I do a bit where I demand people respect my choices about television and adopt them for their own lives. Mayans premiering, as bad as it is, does usher in the fall television season, which we've talked a little bit about on our show. So this week, for our final bit, we are going to talk about our top picks for shows that are most likely to be canceled first, and the ones most likely to... Be a hit. Yeah. This season's This Is Us. I don't know if any any show will be like that, but ABC is clearly going for it with one of them. I think This Is Us should like just take over the voices like theme song, and at the very beginning of every episode, it should be like, This is the Us! Well, the show's not called This Is the Us. I know, but it'd be fun. This is the Us! <laughs> you know, like that? I don't like it i love it i I fucking love it (laughs) this is the us it grows on you it doesn't let us know let us know listeners does it grow on you this is the us you're gonna be singing every time you watch that stupid show Uh, probably yeah (laughs) i know you will and i will hate you for it (laughs) okay um, tons of new shows. I mean, way too many for us to kind of list them all off and talk about them. So we're just going to pick two that we think are definitely getting canceled right away. Like not, oh, they'll get through a season and probably not get picked up, but like axed, like just go away. And then two that we think will be super successful, get really early renewals. All right. Uh, let's start with the positive. Let's keep it up, beat. All all good vibes here. What is one show you think is going to be a ratings smash? New Amsterdam on NBC. You think that's going to be a ratings smash? Uh, yeah, people love hospital shows. That lead guy seems pretty charming, and there hasn't been a you know NBC hospital show since ER, right? I mean. Not a very successful one, no. Yeah. 
which is exactly why I think it's going to be one of the first canceled. Oh, okay. We've got a different <laughs> difference of opinion here. I think there's a lot of medical dramas on right now. Grey's, yeah, and they're all popular. Grey's Anatomy, The Good Doctor, The Resident. Those are on ABC, Fox, and Fox. No, ABC, ABC, and Fox. I just don't see NBC capturing that market. All right. I disagree. What's your big hit? I think Murphy Brown is going to be one of the first to get that season two renewal and definitely the season one pickup. That's an interesting one. I mean, I I don't... I never... I was way too young to watch Murphy Brown. So was I. But it's interesting that they're bringing back the cast and rather than sort of rebooting it. So that I find interesting. I, I might watch it just for that. I, but yeah, I don't have any connection to Murphy Brown. I didn't watch it. I was too young too. But I think reading the tea leaves of how some of these 90s revivals go, like how Roseanne did really well, people like Murphy Brown. It got, you know, everyone was super excited when it was announced it was getting revived. It's a Thursday night show on CBS in their crazy successful block of Young Sheldon, Big Bang, so I think it'll do really well. All the shows we really love. That, yeah. That Thursday night CBS block we can't Blech. miss. Young Sheldon! Young Sheldon! Young Sheldon! <laughs> Shout out to page seven. That's my first pick. My second pick for crazy success is Manifest. That's mine too. Yeah. After I think... The marketing has been really smart. Putting out that first 10 minutes, it looked compelling. And I think it will be enough to get the pickup for the full season and a season two if they can land that plane right. Yuck. Okay, thought leader. (laughs) No, but they also have the built-in advantage of having this sort of mystery that they can can draw out. So if, if folks get interested in it and they get renewed again, they don't necessarily have to, to solve the mystery in the first season or the second season. Or the th- so they can just keep you know, playing this out as long as it's compelling. So yeah, a show with a sort of a built-in kind of mystery box element I think has kind of an advantage there. We're both in for Manifest. Okay, what's your first show that you think will get the axe? This is, a wish, this is wishful thinking. Right away. Wishful thinking pick the Connors. Fuck the Connors. That doesn't count as a new show. It is. I don't count it as a new show because it's just Roseanne without Roseanne. Okay, but it's a new show because it has a different name and I hope that it gets canceled. It shouldn't exist. We're going for what you actually think will get the lowest ratings. God friended me. (laughs) You mentioned it last week. I scoured the internet for shows that I think could probably do worse than this and I couldn't find one. God friended me looks like it has zero buzz and the last show that Who'sie Whatsie was on was canceled in the first season, The Mayor. So not looking good for them. Unfortunately, looking at the lineup of Fall TV, it was hard to pick just two that I think are going to get canceled right away. <laughs> I went with single parents. They really? Just, they, they're making a big push for that, though. I know, but I... They made a huge push for the mayor, and they canceled that. So I think I think it looks funny. 
This is not like a me hoping it gets canceled. Not like a Connor situation. No. I think it's probably going to be a funny show that just doesn't replicate what ABC wants out of its Modern Family successor and gets canned for not being Modern Family. Sure. I just came up with a brilliant idea. Rather than the Connors being a extension of the Roseanne universe, the Connors should be ex- an extension of the Terminator universe. And it's John and Sarah Connor doing a multicam sitcom. You're welcome, ABC. <laughs> New Amsterdam was my other pick for Cancelled. What's your other pick? Magnum P.I. I watched the like a five-minute teaser trailer or a five-minute preview trailer. It looked unbearably terrible. But that being said, it's CBS and like the cast is good-looking and all that stuff. But it just looks so bad. Have you watched the trailer for A Million Little Things? No, because I thought it was that book that Oprah, that Stephen Fry book that Oprah uh, got yeah, yeah. all upset about, and I thought it was that. That's a million little pieces. I know. I, I know it now, but I, initially I thought it was a TV version of that, which would have been interesting, but it wasn't, so I didn't watch it. A Million Little Things stars Ron Livingston. My man. People tell me I look like Ron Livingston. I've heard that before. You're way more Jake Johnson from New Girl, but I could see. But anyway, so it stars him, some other white guys, and it is about Ron Livingston is in this tight-knit group of guy friends, and he kills himself. Whoa. And, you know, all the friends are like, how did this happen? (laughs) It's obviously ABC's attempt to grab the This Is Us audience. This is the Us audience. <laughs> and it's very emotional. Very mm-hmm. sad. Well, Ron Livingston is a pretty damn good actor. I mean, he could probably pull it off. I, I, like, I haven't watched any of it, but that sounds intriguing. He kills himself in the first episode. Does he come back as like a ghost of Christmas past? No, I think he... there's a lot of flashbacks. and. So this is the Us. Yeah, I mean, this his suicide kind of brings to the surface everyone's problems, and yeah, that sounds heavy. Yeah, it's going to be ABC's heavy emotional drama. I'll probably watch it. It premieres Wednesday, September twenty sixth. So ABC's not that dumb to try to put it up against This Is Us, but they're definitely going for it. Any other shows that you think are going to be in a tricky spot that? Yeah, I've got I've got a big one that I think could go either way. It could either be canceled relatively quickly. I consider a million little things like the either way. Like it's either going to be way too sappy, and, you know, not going to do well, or it's going to be crazy good. Yeah, I've got one that, that yeah that could be sort of a, a cult NBC comedy hit, or could be any number of NBC comedies that we have forgotten about. Uh, I feel bad. That was on my, I didn't know if I should, I didn't know where I should put that. I I didn't know if I should put it on my canceled or good list. That's why I have it on my (laughs) third option list. Did you watch the trailer? Yeah. It looks funny. If you don't know, um, if you saw Blockers, which we did. Yes, we did. The mom from that plays the lead character in this show, I Feel Bad. It's about a mom who's just, you know, weighed down by all the things about being a mom. I think it's 
going to be pretty universally, um, I think it's going to be really universally liked because I think a lot of people can relate to just like the constant guilt parents feel. And that's what this whole show is about. Yeah. The, the concern that I have is it, it could take two tracks. Like the family stuff looked very funny with her and her kids and her husband and her parents. The work stuff looked really not that funny doesn't like, she work at like a video game she, yeah she she's some programming. sort of yeah she's some sort of like manager at like a video game company well that's what's good about kind of pilots i'm sure it'll get reworked and if the work stuff isn't strong they'll pivot more to the family um the mindy project got a really big rework midway through season one they ditched anna camp's character who played her friend they really made it more about her work so maybe with this show they'll kind of do the opposite and if the work stuff isn't funny they'll pivot more to her family yeah maybe my concern is that that thursday nbc comedy block is kind of shaky so you've got good place that airs first i think so that has so much goodwill and has built an audience over the past couple of years and then it's will and grace after that which and then following that is i feel bad my concern is that the people that are interested in The Good Place will also be interested in I Feel Bad, but not necessarily interested in a Will and Grace reboot. So, I disagree. I think this is smart because I think more people are watching Will and Grace and will probably watch I Feel Bad. The demographic of Will and Grace are moms and older, and that's kind of what the I Feel Bad is going for. Maybe. I'm... But- I'm just adding my buzz con- to all titles now. My concern is that people will will, tur- the grace. will will tune in on Thursdays, watch The Good Place, and then for a few weeks watch Will and Grace get annoyed by the Will and Grace reboot and turn off NBC. Will and Grace was a huge ratings banger for NBC last year. That's not to say that that's going to carry over again. I think it will. Well, then maybe that's a good place for. Uh, I feel bad. I think they should have put I feel bad directly after The Good Place. Another show that I wanted to put on my canceled immediately list but felt bad about it was Rel. I think Rel is going to be a smash. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think it was the unfunniest five minute trailer from Upfronts that I watched. I know, but I, I still think it's going to be a smash. He has. But it's, And that's why I think it's good on Fox, because I don't think Fox will cancel it. That's why I didn't put it on my list. But I think if it were on any other network, it'd be really bad. But maybe it's kind of like this I don't decades it, Bernie Mac or Titus, you know, type show. I hope so. I mean, if... I'm not rooting against no, it. I just thought it was really unfunny pilot. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't find Rel that funny myself. However, he's got so much cachet from get out and it seems like everybody's excited about this show it's going to bring in some interesting demographics i think so i think it will do well initially and if it is anywhere close to being as funny as bernie mac then that's a huge plus because i think the bernie mac show has almost been forgotten that show was hilarious for many many seasons it was great I it was watching fantastic it. Finally, are you going to watch American Horror Story Apocalypse since it's bringing back a lot of characters from early seasons when we still watched? 
Yeah, I'll watch the first couple episodes. I mean, the, I saw the tr- the little. This was an actual teaser trailer because it was only like five seconds long. It was like some like little kid in like a mushroom cloud blowing up behind him, and it was terrifying. So, have you seen the actual characters in it trailer yet? No. Uh-uh. As always, it's really hard to discern what the plot is of these, and that's why I get lost. There are so many characters. There's so many different plots that all eventually come together. But I sometimes don't feel like it pays off, which is why I'm usually out by episode six on these shows. Well, speaking of of shows that are all over the place and can be difficult to kind of track, have you seen the trailer for Maniac? No. It's fucking crazy. And if they are able to pull off what I think they're striving for, this might be sort of Netflix's big prestige show Netflix has a big prestige show, and it's called The Crown. Okay. It is. This might be Netflix's big prestige show with Americans, which is what I care about, because I am an America first guy. You're just wrong about this Netflix doesn't have prestige shows. It doesn't have shows that feature movie star actors. This show has two of them. Three of them. The Crown doesn't have any American movie stars in it, does it? No, but it's still a very big like, million dollar per episode budget. Thumbs House of Cards is also a prestige show with movie star actors. All right, fine. That, that's, that's actually a better that's a better example than The Crown, I think. You you have me there. You're right. Of course I do. This is the us. I'm excited about Maniac. It looks cool. Good for you. It doesn't count in our discussion of basic cable broadcast shows. You're right. <laughs> we talk about streamers. It's We talk about streaming shows here, but the focus of this discussion were shows on networks. You're right. I know. I was just bringing that up because I happened to watch that today. And it was interesting. All right. Any parting thoughts? No final thoughts. Thank you. (laughs) To be clear, we had many final thoughts that did not make it in. We should actually do like a final thoughts like Jerry Springer. Where we try to tie everything together and make it like a poignant social commentary the way that Jerry used to. I'd rather not. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, You can always find us on Twitter at BasicCablePod. You can email us. Our Gmail is looking pretty empty. We'd love to hear from you guys if you're listening. BasicCablePod at gmail.com. So reach out to us if you're watching anything, if you think we should watch anything. Agree, disagree with our takes. If you're like my mom and you're like, it's really unpleasant to listen to you guys fight, we'll listen to that as well. This will not be a good episode for you, Katie. (laughs) So yeah, hope you guys have a great week. And we'll be back next week. And we're getting so close to our shows next week. We're going to talk about the Emmys because they're just a week or so away. Yeah, we're excited. Thanks for listening. We love you as always. Keep it, keep it real. I'm trying to come up. With it, a new, it's over. I'm we're done. To come up with a new, like, we're done. We're done. We're done. Keep, we're done. We're done. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. Basic Cable is hosted and produced by Carly. Stay frosty. <laughs> Carly and Lucas. Um, 
Our music is royalty-free courtesy ben of... Sounds Music. Can you not? All right. Our music is royalty-free courtesy of bensoundmusic.com. Thank you so much. Go and take a listen to his music. Um, reach out to us anytime. We're here to listen, and we'll see you guys next time. Shut the man!